If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful great to share some ideas, great to talk about the parish, great to talk about the special time that we live in, great to talk about the fact that we are in the month of Kislev, as I mentioned last week, a month of miracles. And a month of miracles is not merely a term describing in some general sense what this month is all about, the fact that we celebrate all sorts of days of great events, of great miraculous moments, but in actual fact, each and every single moment of the month of Kislev is a month of miracles. It displays that which in truth a miracle is all about. What is a miracle? A miracle is not only an extraordinary event. It's not only a moment that is altogether different. It's not only an event that's altogether different. A miracle is something which displays, which reveals the presence of godliness in an otherwise situation where we don't see godliness. We live in a world of darkness. We live in a world which is covered over with a natural sense of reality. And in that natural sense of reality, godliness is hidden. And we think that the world functions and simply goes along this route, goes along this cycle of a natural order. The sun goes up, the sun goes down, day, night, year after year, this situation, that situation, and we are constant, kind of lulled into this reality that this, in fact, is the reality, the reality of the natural order. What is a miracle? A miracle is a moment. The miracle is an event that makes us stop and wonder. No, it's not that. There is something greater. There is something deeper. The hand of God, the presence of God, it's not the natural order that runs the world the natural order is run by God. That's what a miracle is all about. A miracle is a situation, a moment, an event that tells us there's something greater than the natural order that we normally and subjectively see and experience. And when we speak about a month of miracles, this is a month that we, with a bit of effort, are able to see the presence of godliness in each and every single situation. We are able to see the miraculous in an otherwise natural and mundane place and mundane order. How do we do this? What in fact is the great miracle of the month of Kislev? Of course, the story of Hanukkah. And as we get closer to Hanukkah, we'll talk about more and more as we experience the festival of Hanukkah, the festival of lights. What is light? Light is something which reveals that which truly exists. When you live in darkness, we have to use all sorts of other types of investigative ability to understand what we are experiencing. But when we shine a light on a situation, we see the truth of the situation. This is what light does. Darkness disguises the truth. Darkness hides the truth. Light reveals the truth. When we speak about the miracle of light, the miracle of light is something which reveals the truth of the situation. This is the miracle of the month of Kislev. The month of Kislev is a time that there is a presence of light. And this is something that we have to search for. This is something that we have to allow 
to guide us during this time, to see the light, to see the truth, to see the reality as in actual fact it is, not as it appears normally within the somehow facade of the natural system, but to allow the divine light to show us the truth and for us to see the ongoing miracle, for us to see the presence of God, for us to see the presence of godliness. We're going through a very difficult time, and we have been going through for the longest time, almost two years of this what we call pandemic. We've gone through situations of confusion, of uncertainty. We don't know, and yet we search, we search, with a desire to see the truth, with a desire to understand what is happening. But it's not only a natural answer that we should be looking for. We have to look for a spiritual answer as well. We have to look with a different type of light. Yes, of course, we have to be guided by medical professionals. We have to be guided by the vaccines that are available. We have to allow ourselves to be taken down that road to make sure that we behave in a correct and healthy way. But at the same time, we must at all times recognize that there is a spiritual light that has to shine upon this dark situation so that we truly understand what in fact is taking place. God doesn't put us into a situation of confusion, of uncertainty, of darkness without purpose. God doesn't put us into a chaotic situation without purpose. God puts us into situations, into challenges, because there is not only a purpose to that situation, but there is a purpose for us to experience that challenge, for us to experience that difficulty. And it's up to us to use whatever means available to recognize what in fact is the message, the divine and spiritual message that we have to find at this particular time. As I always say, it may not be easy, it may not be simple, but it's possible. And if it's possible, it's doable. If it's doable, it becomes compulsory for us to do that. We've changed our lives dramatically, our behavior our mode of interaction, our movement. We wear masks, social distancing. We don't go to certain places. Our behavior, and this is true throughout the world, has dramatically changed. This is why we also have to change from a spiritual point of view, which will enable us to understand and see things from a different perspective and to allow during this month of miracles for the godly light to show us what an actual fact is taking place. What's the message that Hashem is sending us at this particular time? And it's this month, the month of Kislev, the month of miracles, that this this becomes so much easier. At other times, perhaps, this divine light is not present in its full intensity and its full glory. But at this particular time of the year, in the month of Kislev, when the celebration of the Festival of Light is there, it becomes so much more available and easy to experience. This is something that each and every one of us should aspire for. We can't sit back and say, "Ah, what's happening? We can't simply moan and groan and complain. There is so much that we can do. 
We have to refine our senses. We have to refine our emotions, our intellect. We have to search for truth. We are human beings. We are people of intellect. We are people who understand things and want to know things. And as it is so in the natural physical world that each and every one of us yearns for knowledge, yearns for information, yearns for truth, so much more so it has to be in the spiritual realms. And this is why we turn to Torah. This is why we turn to the eternal word of God. And we listen to that eternal word. We try to understand what is the message that Hashem is sending us at this particular time. What is He saying to us? Why has He turned the world upside down? Why has He taken our lives and given it such restriction? Why has He taken our lives and put it into this particular type of garment of difficulty, of challenge? What's the purpose? What's the reason? How can we grow as a result? Is there some sort of message to each and every one of us? Is there a universal message? Is there something that we can do to shine the light of Hashem onto the situation that we're experiencing? This is the month of miracles, and miracles really display the truth of the situation rather than the facade of the natural more of that soon. This is the Parsha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about how to use this month of miracles and to understand how we can actually allow the light of this month to shine upon the darkness of the situation of the world in which we live and to see the truth and not to be mesmerized by the so-called reality of the natural system. So how do we do this? As I said, we turn to Torah and we turn to the Parsha of the week. What's the Parsha of the week is Vayetze. Vayetze, and he went out. Who went out? Yaakov went out. And for the next six weeks, we're going to live with Yaakov. And Yaakov is the third of the patriarchs, Abraham, Abraham, Yitzchak, Isaac. And then comes Yaakov, the third and final of the Avot of the Patriarchs. And strangely enough, Abraham was a giant of a man. Isaac was a giant of a man. Yaakov, the youngest, the third. And yet our sages tell us he was the Bechir Sheba Avot. He was the chosen of the Patriarchs. In a sense, he was greater than the other two. And for six weeks, we're going to follow his story because his story is our story. What happened during his life, in actual fact, becomes a story of our life. And we have to understand his story so that we know how to understand ours. And that is the key of how to shine the light so that we see the miracle of life in every single situation of life. Jacob is a very gifted man. He's a man of great intellect, studies Torah. He's a man of truth. He's a man who understands his purpose in the world. He's a twin. His twin brother is Esau. And they've had a conflict from even before they were born. Yaakov is a man who's dedicated to the truth of Hashem. And Yaakov sees God as the one who not only created the world, but who runs the world. And it's the word of God, it's the law of God that makes the world run. But Yaakov knows that it's going to take tremendous effort to bring the word of God into the world that was created by God. 
because people are impressed by the power and strength of Asa. Asa is flamboyant. Asa is powerful. Asa is handsome and strong. Asa has great armies. Asa displays incredible might through the empires that he controls. Yaakov is the symbol of the wandering Jew, a minority, small. Yes, a man of intellect, makes great contributions to every society into which he comes. But he's small and in many ways modest. He doesn't have the charisma, the power, the great strength, the flamboyancy of Esau. So Jacob understands and knows that he has to do something in order to bring his message of godliness into the world. In actual fact, the Jewish people are called B'nai Yisrael, the children of Israel. Israel, of course, is the other name of Jacob. Because even though the patriarchs are three, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we're not called the children of Abraham. We're not called the children of Isaac. We are called the children of Israel, the children of Jacob. Because Abraham had two sons, one who drifted away from the authenticity of Abraham's teaching. Yitzchak had two sons, one who drifted away. Yaakov had twelve. Each one became the head of a tribe. Each one remained loyal to the teaching of Yaakov, to the teaching of Hashem. B'nai Yisrael, we are the children of Yaakov. How does the Parsha begin by Yetzeh and he went out? And as I've often told you, the name of Parsha is not only the opening word or close to the opening word of the Parsha. The name of the Parsha symbolizes the essence of the Parsha. The entire Parsha carries the name because the name underscores that which the Parsha stands for. And what does the Parsha stand for? Vayetze. And he went out. Where did he go out from? Vayetze Yaakov Be'er Sheva. Yaakov leaves a place of great tranquility, of spiritual and physical tranquility. His parents' home, the home of Yitzchak and Rivka, Isaac and Rebekah, what could be greater? It's a place where the peace accord between Avraham, Abraham and Avimelech was made. It's a place where the servants of Avimelech no longer challenge the ownership of the wells that were dug by Yitzchak. This is a place of great tranquility, a place of physical and spiritual tranquility. But Vayetze Yaakov, Yaakov leaves that place. Who would want to leave a place of spiritual and material tranquility? And where does he go? Vayelech Harona. He goes into a part of the world that displays anger, materially and spiritual. A place that displays confusion, upheaval, a place that is not tranquil, neither materially nor spiritually. He goes to the house of his uncle Lovon, a society that is corrupt, a society that is dishonest, a society whose values are basically, basically quite base. Why would Yaakov want to do that? And yet the Parsha emphasizes by Yetzir Yaakov with Bereshav. If in fact they simply wanted to tell us that he went to Haran, the Parsha could have started by saying, and he went to Haran, why is it necessary to tell us that he left this place? If you go somewhere, obviously you're leaving somewhere else. The Parsha, the Torah is telling us something which is very important. And Yaakov is teaching us a lesson which is very important. If you want to accomplish something great in this world, whatever it is, 
you have to leave your comfort zone. You have to leave a place where you feel, well, comfortable. You have to leave a place that, well, is familiar. A place that you know. A place that's easy for you to exist. And you have to go to a place where there are challenges. Now, most of us don't look for challenges. Most of us would rather sit and enjoy the comfort of the place that we're in. And this is true in almost every single area of life. We want to enjoy those areas of life that we're comfortable in and with. Yaakov tells us, by all means, if that's what you want to do, that's what you can do. But it will begin and end with your very short and simple experience of life. But if you want to create something huge, if you want to create a legacy that will last forever, if you want to create 12 sons who will become heads of tribes, if you want to create a nation, if you want to change the world, if you want to have an impact upon all of humankind, if you want to go throughout the world, in every sense of the word, geographically, metaphorically speaking, and to have an impact upon the entire world, then you have to have the courage of leaving your place of comfort and actually going to face certain situations that might be uncomfortable, it might even be dangerous. And it's there, by meeting those challenges, that you will begin to see the strength that you possess. What happens along the way? What's this incredible story that Torah is telling us? He comes to a particular spot. And somehow, night comes early. And he has to go to sleep. So he takes rocks to protect his head. And he goes to sleep. And his commentary points out, well, he was afraid of the wild animals. Metaphorically speaking, it was a place of danger. But why only his head? Because he knows he's going into challenging situations. Protecting your head means, I am prepared to encounter situations of difficulty. I am prepared to meet challenges that are greater than my own comfort zone. But I have to protect my head. I have to protect my values. I have to protect that which I believe in. That cannot be exposed. That has to be protected. As we go into the world, as we meet the challenges of life, certain things have to be protected. I am prepared to encounter people. I am prepared to encounter situations. I am prepared to deal and meet with challenges. But that which I stand for, that which I believe in, the commitment that I made to Hashem at Sinai, that is immutable. That cannot be changed. That will be protected. Jacob is telling us basic and simple rules of how to, on the one hand, yes, to have the courage of leaving a place of comfort, but at the same time, not everything is negotiable, absolutely not. Not anything and everything can be compromised. Certain things must stand, and certain things must stand forever. And those are the absolute values that you believe in and stand for. Hashem's mitzvot, Hashem's commandments. And therefore, regardless of the situation into which you come, you will have the strength to stand and to see the miracle in all the situations. What happens over there? He has a dream. And what does he dream? He sees a ladder. And this is a very strange ladder. What's the ladder? The Torah tells us this ladder was rooted on the ground and 
it reached all the way to heaven. What is Yaakov telling us? Don't dream small. Understand that you have the capacity of bringing together heaven and earth. You have the capacity, you have the power, you have the ability of joining the highest and the lowest. You have the ability of taking earth and heaven. God created both and bringing them together. But it's a ladder and the ladder has to be climbed. It might not be an easy journey, but it's a journey that is possible, a journey that is doable, a journey that you can do. What does he see on that ladder? He sees the angels, divine angels, coming down and going up. Understand that you will always be protected by divine presence. If in actual fact you dedicate your your life to that experience, you dedicate your life to the experience of connecting heaven and earth. If you dedicate your life to bringing together the material and spiritual, if you dedicate your life to bringing together the miracle and the natural, if you dedicate your life to bringing together that which appears to be opposite, but in actual fact you show that there is an absolute connection between the two, there is a universal one is to all of that because Hashem created both, then you will be successful because the angels that ascend and descend that ladder, ladder are with you at all times. This is the great dream that you have to have. You have to have a dream which is way beyond your current situation. You have to see that ladder touching the earth and touching the heavens. And you have to see within yourself the ability, the desire, the passion to connect the two. But for that you need great faith. For that you need great trust. For that you have to have courage. How do you do it? You begin by understanding that you might have to leave your comfort zone. You might have to make some dramatic changes in your life. But protect your head. Protect those values in life that should not be changed. Those things that are immutable. Those things that are permanent. The commandments of Hashem. You go into the world and you can meet any challenge with a tremendous sense of strength, of pride, and greatness. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the great journey that Yaakov takes. He's a place of comfort. He goes into a chaotic world. He has this great dream. And what does he see? He sees the ladder that connects heaven and earth. So we're talking about a situation of how Yaakov is going to change the world through the tremendous, the tremendous dream that he has, commitment that he has. He's going to change the world for good. And how does he do it? He does it because he's prepared to leave his place of comfort. He's prepared to have a dream that enables him to, well, connect heaven and earth. He sees the angels of God. He has tremendous passion, determination. He knows that he can do it. And suddenly, God appears to him. And he says, I am the God of your father. I'm the God of your grandfather. And the land upon which you are currently sleeping, this is the land that I'm going to give you and your children. And Listen to what he says. And he says, and your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. And 
ונברחו בך כל משפחות האדמה ובזרח. What does he say to him? Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth, and you will spread out powerfully to the west, to the east, to the north, and to the south, and all the families on earth will be best blessed through you and through your descendants. Ufarasta. Ufarasta is not only to spread out. They will burst throughout every single corner of the world. Take a look at our history. It's the story of Yaakov again and again and again. Yaakov tells the story. Yaakov arrives penniless at the house of his father, his uncle, Lavan. Penniless. Within 20 years, a huge family, a fabulously wealthy man. And although Lavan tries to cheat him, Lavan tries to keep his, well, his family and his wealth. Yaakov will have none of that. He says, I stood with faith and determination. I will keep that which I have worked for. Not only does he have spiritual strength, he has physical strength as well. What's the story that you wish people? How often have we come to new and strange shores, beaten, broken, barefoot, without money, without language, and within a short while built up, built up tremendous, tremendous edifices in the material and spiritual sense of the word. This is the story of the Jewish people. How many nations can say that? How many nations can say again and again and again, chased from pillar to post, a wandering people from east to west and north to south, coming from one situation of difficulty to another situation of difficulty and building again and again and again. We have it as part of our DNA. And this is why we are able to see the miracle within the natural. All we have to do is look at our history. We don't need much. We only have to hear the story of Jacob. We don't need great proof. We don't need great scientists to tell us, huh, how can you possibly see the miracle in the natural? Because we look at the miracle within the natural order of our own historical experience. Look at it. How many times can a people come from great destruction and build and build and build? And not only build, but with small numbers built far beyond their numbers. And yet we do it again and again and again. If we do so materially, we must learn to do so spiritually as well. And this is the month of Kislev. This is the month of the miracles. This is the story of Jacob. This is the Vayetze. What does Vayetze mean? No matter where and when, We are a restless people. We must never make the mistake of, well, of simply settling down and getting into a different comfort zone. Yes, nothing wrong with settling down. Nothing wrong with looking at a comfort zone. But at all times, we must never lose sight of that dream of the ladder that connects heaven and earth. We must never lose sight of the incredible abilities that we have, the power that we have. We must never allow that passion to become dampened. We must never allow that excitement to ease. We are people of power, of greatness. We have dreams and we have to live those dreams with a tremendous sense of joy and purpose. We can do it, each and every one of us can. And therefore, if we can, so we must. But we have to teach our children. We have to teach our children and by example show them what we can do. 
and particularly during time of challenge, particularly during time of difficulty. This is the example that we have to set. We can't simply sit back and say, it's difficult, it's hard, it's a problem. Of course it might be difficult. But difficulty is not something that we're afraid of. We meet challenges. Jacob left his father's home. Jacob slept in an unprotected area. He watched his head. Yes, he protected his values. He arrives penniless to the house of his uncle. But he stands up and he says, this is what I want. I am prepared to work for it. We aren't a lazy people. We're a strong people. We build. We create. We entrepreneurs in every sense of the word, in the material and spiritual sense of the word. And this is our greatness. This is our power. This is our joy. This is what we do because we are the children of Jacob. And for the next six weeks, we live with Yaakov. We live with Jacob. We live with this incredible passion of Vayetze, of going out, of changing the world. We live with this ability of meeting challenges. Yes, and sometimes actually looking for those challenges because we know it makes us greater. So when you're in shul tomorrow, listen carefully. It's a long story, interesting story, how he meets Rachel, how he marries Leah first and then Rachel, how he works for everything that he has. It's not easy. How he encounters Laban and how Laban tries to cheat him. How he listens to the word of God. How he prepares at the end of the Parsha to once again meet with his brother Esau, who has vowed to kill him. Very dramatic story, a very great story. But it begins with Vayetze. At every single step of his life, there is the understanding that he has to go out from his comfort zone and change the world for good. This is the story of this week's Parsha. So as I said before, this is the month of miracles. To shed the light, to shine the light upon the natural and the ordinary and to see the presence of God. When you're in shul tomorrow, listen to the story. Look for that light. Bring about a change. Create that passion. The excitement. Vayetze. Going out. Have a good Shabbos.